Hi, it's episode 3, season 4 of the Tom Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Greg Taylor from Brazil. Boataji to the mundo. And host of the first time, long time podcast, Aaron Wolf from Boston. Hello. Right, gents. Um, let's let's dive straight into this. So we play Chelsea today. Um, first home game or first first game at um, our new home or temporary home, Wembley Stadium. Um, before we talk about the match, um, we had a few questions um, from listeners um, on on our via Facebook page and via Twitter around um, the atmosphere at Wembley. Um, so. Bex, our own Bex, asked, "What was the atmosphere noticeably different today?" Um, and um, David Fornell, um, friend of the show, um, who was also, who was at the game, although I, I think he was sat in one of the upper tiers, said on Twitter, "Once again, the fans were quiet. The dissipation of fans is crucial to this failure. Will this ha- harm our season?" Wembley. Before I address his question, so I was, um, I was there today. Um, quick thoughts from me. I thought the atmosphere um, compared to, for example, Champions League games that were played um, last season, um, the atmosphere was really a lot, lot better beforehand. The build-up was a lot better. Um, I think it was much more. The club had made much more effort to, to make Wembley um, our home. They were playing McNamara's band outside um, the ground, and Nice One Cyril and Glory Glory Tottenham Hotspur. All, all of those sort of things. So it had it had a much more Spursy feel rather than a Champions League game, for example, rather than a European night. And I, and I thought, and I, I'll, I'll come to you guys in a minute in terms of how it came across on on TV. But I thought in the stadium the atmosphere was generally better. Obviously, if the result. If the result had been somewhat different, it would have been better still. Um, I did find that where I was sat had a really good view, but um, either side of me um, were people who clearly, um, uh, I would say, go to Spurs games probably less frequently, um, some of whom were, were corporates, um, and it was a bit uncomfortable sitting next to them and trying to sing along to, so- to songs, um, and where plainly they didn't know the words. Um, how did it come across... Watching on TV, Greg. Um, I thought it was a bit quiet, actually. I think, I mean, I, I don't know if. Well, I suppose the sound must be the same wherever it's going mm-hmm. in the world. But um, I thought it was quite quiet until Batshuayi scored. Um, then um, it was noticeably got louder, and the commentators were saying that it got louder then as well. Um, I think it's. Hopefully, it's just teething, teething problems, you know. From, from my end, it, it, it um, on our feed, it sounded pretty good. I mean, it's going to be a nervy first game. It sounded really the atmosphere sounded great on the television in the first, uh, the first half, and on, you know until Alonso's goal. Obviously, that took a little bit of the wind out of it. But you know, the, I look out for little things like 
when Ali um, mishit that ball and everybody's saying his name, you know, that's the sort of thing that to me speaks volumes about what the atmosphere f- might feel like much more than whether or not the uh, the audio truck is is piping in as much of the ambient sound as not. So, uh, you know, yes, for sure, Bashuai scored an old goal and, and it got louder on the TV, but I was expecting that sort of deadly Wembley murmur, and I didn't hear it, at, at least at home. It, was, it sounded loud. There were, there were some concerted efforts. For example, where I was sat, um, it was in one of the corners, um, and although technically speaking it wasn't the east side, um, and my left-hand side to me behind the goal wasn't the, the, the south stand by it, but... Um, they, the people who were in the sa- in in that end behind the the goal, started singing, "We're the part lane, we're the part lane," and and the ones um, on the side where I was were, were singing, "We're the shelf side." Um, so that that was amusing. Um, and so there were some efforts, and they also had a drum which was um, on the PA system, which was yeah. That was I heard. <sighs> I didn't hear that on the TV, but I saw people talking about it on Twitter. Yeah. Was it was it loud? It was loud. Well, I didn't I, hear a drum. It was loud, and and I don't know what to make of it. I've got mixed feelings. Initially, I thought, well, this is good. At least it's it's an attempt by the club to try to generate some atmosphere, um, and particularly if they do it when there's a little bit of a lull, then then that's good. But then at the same time, I think it's I think the, the, the Chelsea fans mocked us for it. I can I can see why. Um, but there you go. Right. Um, enough of the atmosphere um the game um aaron tell me about the game cheer me up <laughs> it's funny you should come to me because i always feel like i'm like the uh epitome of happy clapper uh rose-colored glasses um it was frustrating it was a frustrating game but i think you know i think this is the kind of game that a champion side can struggle with you know a mid-table team that sits deep that is going to frustrate us that's the kind of game that that's hard to, to win and Chelsea Chelsea uh, Chelsea looked like they were trying to frustrate uh, five in the back um, and it was really five at the back if not sometimes you know everyone at the back uh, we had tons of possession we looked really really dangerous um, for a lot of it and uh, what can you do with them? Alonso's free kick was outstanding. Um, that changed the game. Kane hits the post. All of these little, you know, it's it's a cliche, right? But it's a game of inches. And um, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of frustration from this game. I think it's a lot of disappointment. But it doesn't, to me, doesn't. No alarm bells are going off. Mm. Uh, people looked rusty. Uh, some people didn't look quite fit. Uh, I thought Trippier didn't have a great game, and I think um, there was a, a lot of space on that side where we could have, you know, we, we missed Kyle Walker. Today. Who? Yeah, I know. Uh, that uh, sorry, uh, Pete, Kyle, Kyle Walker Peters. Peters. That's yeah. what I meant. We missed we missed speed on the on on yeah. the flanks, and. Um, Chelsea's system frustrated and cluttered the, the the final third, and they did exactly what they set out to do. Uh, they killed the game as much as they could. 
we, you know, I think Potch's st- uh, statement after the match was exactly how I felt. We deserved more, um, but they were clinical and they they got what they got, you know. Um, but I think there's plenty to to grow into from this game. But before I bring in Greg, um, just a quick question for me. Now I, I've not seen the goals again um, on, on on TV since um, I didn't have a good view of the second goal. From what I what I hear. Larice possibly was at fault or could have done better. I think that there's a, there's a question on that in a minute. Um, but the first goal, I did have a good view of that, the free kick. You said it was a fantastic free kick from Alonso. Um, I'd like to see it again because I thought Larice's positioning could could have been a bit better. I it, I watch it again. It was, I mean, yeah, if he had set up a little bit closer to the near post, he could have maybe stopped it. But it was centimeters above toby's head huh. uh i mean it just it was incredibly fine margin to get that to get the, that strike in the way he he struck it and i think you'll you'll find that it's a it's as good a free kick as you can take from okay. that position. At, at the time i just looked at it and i, I thought because he had alonso standing behind the ball and william and i kept looking at alonso and i said he, he's he's the one who's going to shape up and, and, and shoots and i had a feeling he'd strike it in that corner and 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 i felt possibly and, and i I need to watch it again, but I thought possibly um, Larice, um his positioning wasn't great, and his um, he was a little bit slow to react. But that 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 was just looking at it in in, in real time. Um, um, probably probably we'll we'll take a different view once I see it again. Um, Greg, what was your view on the match? Uh, basically, I'm going to file it under shit happens. <laughs> um, I reckon we've. I mean, after the first 30 minutes, we, we played better than them, and we definitely deserved a draw, if not a win. I was very pleased with the performance on the whole, but not the result. Mm. Um, I mean, the last hour of that match, I was on the edge of my seat, and my stomach was about a yard in front of that as well. It was, I mean, it must have been another great match for, for neutrals, I suppose. Um, <laughs> when Dyer... Guy took out two players at one time. I thought for a minute he was going to start on a like a Stamford Bridge style crusade. Yeah. Um, that was quite impressive. I thought. Um, let's see what else. Harry, I think he was hungry. You know, he, he wants that hundredth goal, doesn't he? Yep. Um, when I saw him go down on TV, I thought first of all it should have been a penalty, but then on the replay, I could see that it wasn't really. Um, their goals, as, as, as Aaron said, that first goal was excellent. Um, I mean, basically, if, if Ericsson had scored that first goal for us, we'd have been creaming about it. And the, 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 the second goal, who was the second goal again? Um, Batshuayi? No, Alonso. Alonso again. Yeah, well, if, I mean, if Harry had scored that, we'd be creaming about that as well. I mean, mm. I... I, I don't like to say it, especially when they're Chelsea players or even Arsenal players, but they were they were really good goals. Um, I didn't think Trips did too badly. I thought Davis played pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it would have been nice for him to get another goal. Yeah. Um, I, I think Delhi Delhi was quiet. Um, I'm not panicking about him, but he was a bit quiet. He wasn't quite. He's not quite up to it at the moment. He he does. But to be honest, a lot of the time he he over the course of the season he's quiet and and then you know not just in matches he'll he'll yeah. he'll, he'll he'll be quiet and then he'll pop up with a with a goal. Sometimes there'll be a exactly. course of exactly. a few games where he's quiet and then he'll have a few where he'll be scoring and 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 doing his stuff. I thought Ericsson was probably the best player um, 
for us. He looked really good. Uh, I would say Ericsson or Harry. Yeah, it's interesting for me. It was Dembele. I thought he was massive. I thought he just mm. was so strong, and 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 it seemed to me that every attack was sort of building through some passage of play in which in Dembele sort of was slipping a bunch of defenders. Um. So on. Uh, yeah. Dembele had a good game. One one thing that surprised me was that um, the way we set up. Um, I don't think. So he played with a back four, as far as I could see, not not a three. Um, and he played Dembele, Dyer, and Wanyama. And I think unless you go with a back three, which as far as I could see he didn't, um, I wouldn't play all three of them. I think it's a bit overkill. If you're gonna if you're gonna go for sort of four two three one, then um, I would play Dembele and either Wanyama or Dyer, but not all three. And I think what we lacked was um, some penetration and some pace. And I think playing that formation, I would have probably started with Sun. Maybe he's not fully fit. That's a different different matter. But I think we lacked that that spark in the final thirds, as you say. I, agree. I, I think we I need Lamella available as well. I think we need him on, on the bench. Obviously, he's going to be on the bench for a while anyway, while he gets back into the rhythm of things. But I, I, we could do with him back. Uh. Pochettino last season said that he sets up his team so that he can get the, the best, fittest players onto the field. And I think, you know, that is a setup that we probably won't see again as Sun gets match fitness. I don't think he was ready to play a full game. Um, so I think when you look at the bench, that's probably the best starting 11 that he had available to him. So he sort of set up. What I saw was that he was, it was three at the back, you know, kind of in, in the defensive phase. And then it would sort of, in the offensive phase, it would switch. Dyer would come up or Wanyama would come up and Dyer would s- sit back. There was kind of a rotation there. But um, for sure, it seemed like there was, there, I mean, it's not, it seemed that there definitely wasn't enough incisive movement for attack. And uh, I think when Sun came on, you saw that he didn't. He doesn't have the spark yet. He's not quite. He's not quite reading the game at full speed yet. So I, I could see why Poch didn't start him. Hmm. I, I I just think that if I, well if he, if he was gonna, if he was going to go with the personal that he did, then I would have liked to have. I mean, I know you said that we switched between three and a four over the course of the game, but to me there were times where we just looked very rigid. Flat, yeah. flat back four, and I found it frustrating that sometimes our movement was just too yeah rigid, too many straight lines, too linear, too slow. That being said, we had a fair share of chances, and we hit the post a few times. And I don't think Chelsea were, were, were that good, and we sh- we should have at least got a point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there you go, shit happens, as as Greg said. I'm curious, like if 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 we had pulled that game out, we would have talked about the positives. And I'm curious who you guys thought had a good game. I mean, we mentioned Kane, uh, Erickson had a good game. I thought Davis for the first half was looked really bright, and mm. and his strike was fantastic. Oh yeah, no da- da- Davis. I th- I think Davis and and Trips they they I mean Trippier knows that he's got to take the place of um of uh, that that guy that used to play for us. Forget his name, but un- un- unless we get another guy in um, who's supposedly better than than Trips, and but but Davis, I think Rose's injury has done him a world of good because I think he's coming along really well, and he's 
he's he's attacking more now. I mean, he he got a great goal last week. He had a, uh, a he had a really good good shot this this week, and I think at the end of last season he scored as well, didn't he? He's yeah, he, yeah. he's coming on leaps and yep. bounds. Yep. No, I mean, Davis had a good, good game. Ericsson, Dembele, Kane, that they, they were the standout ones for me. Um, Dyer did okay, but I, I just think we just lacked a little bit of incisiveness, a little bit of pace in the final third. Um, but it could have been it could have been a di- di- different story if if we hadn't conceded that goal. I, th- I think we definitely deserved a point. But hey ho. The thing uh, is that the thing is that this was Chelsea, even though it was like a weakened Chelsea. With no hazard and with the two suspended and all that, you know, it's still Chelsea. They've got bags of money. They, they because they've got bags of money, they've got bags of quality. Um, if we play like this against other teams, we're going to beat most of them. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not panicking at the moment. No. We had a um, few questions on, on the Chelsea. So match Ed, um, Ed Brad, more, more a statement than a question. A loss to the champions is no disgrace. We need to complete the deals for the other two to three players um, to get the squad strengthened. Ed, and he's right in the sense that you know it's early doors in the season. People were talking about this game beforehand, saying that. Um, it's a six-pointer, and, and if we win, then you know the, we've got a good chance of winning the title, which is, which is r- ridiculous. Just a, 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 as, as it is ridiculous to yeah. r- write us off after a d- defeat. You look about this time last year, before the transfer window closed, and Chelsea were in complete disarray, um, and they signed Louise and I think it was Alonso um, uh, before that window closed. And then they famously went to free at the back, and and then they went went on on, on a run. So it, it it's it's very early days. A um, couple of questions on Larice Sam Moore. Why does Larice drop a clanger in so many big games? And Michael John Bede. What are we doing about Hugo Larice? His kicking isn't the best, and his throw created the shambles that led to their goal. Well, yeah. Who else are we going to get? I mean. Lloris is a very, very good goalkeeper. He's he's human. He does make mistakes. It's not as if he's a Joe Hart. Um, maybe he shouldn't have let the second one in, but it, it still it wasn't a Gary Sprake um, effort. You know, if if anybody actually remembers who he is, I'm sure David will. David Fornell. <laughs> but uh, you know, we we can't expect him to be absolutely perfect. We can't expect anybody to be absolutely perfect. His distribution, maybe it could be improved, but well, I, I, it could be improved at times. Yeah, sure. But I mean, he 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 does so so many other things for us. I, I I don't think we should. It's time for people to start crucifying him at all. No, he's one of the top three keepers in the league, if not top two, and. Uh, that was a bad passage of play, but there was a lot of people implicated in that goal. Um, his distribution, his just his choice of distribution wasn't the best, but Wanyama should not have given that ball up so easily. Yeah. And uh, the defense went to sleep completely. Uh, and it was a good strike. It's an it's the kind of strike that, uh, as you were saying it's a earlier, Harry if, <laughs> yes, if Harry had struck that, we would have been like that is that's exactly what he does. He hits the near post really hard and low, and it's a very hard ball to defend. It, you know, that was a uh, that was a bad, bad, bad passage of play. There's no reason to hit the panic button. Yeah, I mean, I, he's he probably saves 
um, saves us more points over the course of the season um, than 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 you know loses us key points or. Um, I, I seem to recall. I think it was Chelsea, maybe last season, um, or maybe the season before. Well, um, season all the season before that, when we played them on New Year's Day. I can't remember which. It might have been a couple of times where he made a, a few key saves and kept us kept us in the game. Uh, we won both of those matches, um, but could have been different without him. He's arguably the best Spurs goalkeeper since Pat Jennings, and that's going back a, lo- a long way. Yeah. And as you say, Aaron, probably. <clears throat> Along with Courtois and De Gea, um, the best um, goalie in, in in the league. So, yeah, he's he's human. Yeah. He he makes mistakes. Um, John Stegles, can we work on corners? We are so poor. We've had twelve before uh, the sixty fifth minute. Not one caused any trouble. Yeah, we do need to work on corners. Um, I don't know. It's the thing is that with a corner, in basically you're you're dropping the ball in, in into a a, a panic, aren't you? Because uh, uh, the attackers are trying to the attackers are trying to um, get space to take a shot, and the defenders are trying to kind of push them out of the way. I mean, it's it's a melee, really, isn't it? A corner. Maybe we need to get them a bit deep, bit bit further in. Um, you know, we, I mean, we've always said that you know, getting past the first man is a bit tricky yeah. sometimes, especially for Ericsson. Um, I'm, I'm wondering actually, um, with Sante, Sanchez, um, and he's a centre back, and he's he scored seven goals last season apparently. So may, maybe he can get us a few off the corners. I don't know. He's quite a good finisher, so I've been told. Um, corners are one of these things that, for me, it just makes me nuts. And this is the kind of you know, I come at I, I like to view the world a little bit through statistics. It's just the way I see the world. Um, I mean, not I don't see it through statistics, but I like to think that there's a logical <laughs> that there's logic to the world and not just sort of you know you can describe situations with numbers and um, corners are incredibly overrated. And yes, we have a lot of them, and we tend to hit the the first man a lot. But I was just. I was just looking it up. Only 12% of all corners create a shot. So that's that's ridiculous. That's out of the 12 goals that we had, uh, out of the 12 corners we had before the 65th minute, we're only expected to have one shot on goal from those. And then of those, of, of all of the corners, only 2% of all corners yield in a goal. The, the idea that a, a, a corner is ultimately anything other than Anything better than your average throw-in or, you know, uh, counterattack is ridiculous. And it's frustrating because we get all excited and it's a set piece and we get to see the center backs come up and we think, here it is, it's going to happen. But it's incredibly unlikely even from the best, best, best teams. Uh, If we work it incredibly hard, maybe we improve those numbers a little bit, but it's not going to ever be that much. I think um, we've I've talked I've go on and on about this, but like you know even the fact that Erickson always aims for the f- first man, like that's the most dangerous and the most difficult part to defend. If he gets that right, it's uh, a very high risk, high reward place to to aim his his cross in at. So I think we have to change our expectations of what it means when we get when we win a corner. Um, it's to me indicative of how strong our attack is. Twelve corner kicks 
before the 65th minute means we were pressing them and attacking with um, a ferocity that is completely indicative of what we expect from our team. And the fact that we didn't score in those first 65 minutes is much more of a glaring problem to me than that we didn't score from a corner in those 65 minutes. I think one thing that was interesting was uh, when we had a few free kicks and in open play, Ericsson's delivery was was superb. Um, but for whatever reason, when it came to corners, we, we don't seem to translate that. But but that seems to be a problem. Davis took a lot of them as well. Though. Yeah, yeah. that seems to be a problem though. Going back, I remember back when we had Van der Vaart and Bale, and um, with the, I don't know, it's, it's just gone gone back a few goes back a few years, and it's 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 a weird one. Um, well, L- L- Lamella's one of our best corner takers, but unfortunately, he's been crocked for so long, hasn't he? Uh, Greg, re- reading between the lines, are you a fan of Eric Lamella? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't have known. Maybe. <laughs> um, right, um, question from Mark Stoll. It's a broader question, but it d- does also re- relate today. Why do our fans constantly, constantly say we bottled it? I haven't seen it that way, and definitely not today. No, there's no bottling today. Mm. I think leave the bottling comments to that bint at West Ham because she doesn't know what she's talking about. Oh, uh, Rachel Riley, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, we, yeah. I think that um, I think football fans are no different. I've just, I've just got a short memory. When when we're winning, everything's rosy and so forth. As soon as we we lose, it's it's all tears and, and, and despair and there's there's never a middle ground and and, and any sense of, um perspective I feel often um which is why we do this podcast and we try to make sense of it all um another question from John Steggles Delhi was on the periphery of the game today uh, we we mentioned this earlier about him not having an impact should we cash in on him i don't think that's i don't think that's john's uh, he's on the podcast next week i don't think that's and i'll, and I'll ask him i don't think that's his sentiment necessarily i think he's just both i think that's devil's 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 yeah, yeah exactly yeah um should we cash in on him 150 million to barcelona apparently allegedly go uh, on Aaron, i'll let you, you take this first <laughs> um uh no no, no, no. We should sell John Steggles. We should sell John Steggles to the nearest podcast that will have him. Um, <laughs> no, I look. I think. I think it would be incredibly hard. Like, I, first of all, I don't think it would be 150 million. I think at this point you have to look at at what he's what his value is to the team in comparison to, let's say, Neymar's value to Barcelona. Uh, you'd have to price him at least at that expensive in terms of his worth to us. Never mind what people would pay for him, but I, it's at this point in his career, at this point in our team, he, he's irreplaceable, one hundred percent. I think, I think, it is fundamental to keep a player like Delhi right now. Um, for for the good of the squad, for the good of the fan base, for the good of the project, and for the good of Eric Dyer, for the good of Eric Dyer, I think I think uh, yeah I, I think I think that would be um, a real real problem for us should we sell them. I say absolutely not. If we sold him, it would be a gift for whoever bought him 
and our competitors. I mean, that, that's why I want Coutinho to go to Barcelona because it'll weaken the bin dippers. Um, this is a this is an area where that old cliche really is true. Form is temporary and class is permanent. We know what he's capable of, and there's a you know. Um, Aaron mentioned the 150 million, but there's a reason why he's the third most valuable player in Europe, and we've got him, and we've got the second most valuable player in Europe as well, which is Harry Kane. So you know, no, no way. I mean, when I saw that question, I, I, I knew John wasn't serious. Well, I hope not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not. Um, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I, there's certain players, Delhi. Kane, Ericsson, for example, uh, and and others, but particularly those players from an attacking point of view, and also that their ages, um, they're all sort of relatively young, and uh, yeah, we can't, we just can't afford to. If we did that, then we'd have to start from scratch, and I'm sick and tired of you know we, we've we've sold our Modric's and, and Bales and 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 rebuilt, and uh, I don't want us to to have to do that again. Uh, look. Maybe five years down the line, we've hopefully won a few league titles and won trophies, and these players are a little bit older. Um, and then, if Pochettino is still around, which I hope he will be, um, he might seek to move them on and and and, and rebuild. For example, in the way that Sir Alex Ferguson used to rebuild his teams um, several times over a, a course of. A, I'm not suggesting for, for one minute that we're going to be as successful as United, um, although I do hope that we could emulate them. Um, We've got a fantastic young young manager who is certainly capable of doing that, and we've got some very good young players. So why not? Um, uh, it, bear, it does bear re- repeating though what you said earlier about Delhi that I'm not sure he. I mean, he was a, a little bit quiet today, but I don't think he was any quieter than any other game in which he come, pops up with a worldie. You know, he's a, a high risk player as well, and. Um, Sometimes his little tricks and 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 moves are going to come off, and sometimes they're not. And when they don't, they're gonna he's going to look like he's a little bit on the sidelines. And when they do, he's going to look like the incredible casual genius that he is. You know. Um, looking ahead to next week, so we've got Burnley um, next Sunday, same time. Um, when or another struggle. 3-0. To us, by the way. <laughs> three- okay. <laughs> I thought I'd better clarify that. Yeah, 3-0 to us, and Harry will get goal 100, 101, and 102. Yeah, He's I, hungry. I, I agree with Greg. I don't think this is a, a problem for us. Yep. Um, I'd say 3-0 as well. Um, another question. John, another question from... from, from from John um, he says I don't believe in hoodoos just any of the panel and then he goes on to say that the next six games for us at home through the next six games for us are Burnley at home Everton away Swansea at home West Ham away Huddersfield away and Bournemouth at home now on paper and I know football isn't played on paper that's a good run in it is they're all winnable yep. especially if we play like we did today and that includes yeah. Everton and the spammers away as well um, this famous Wembley hoodoo. Um, Aaron, do you believe in hoodoos? Are you superstitious in any way? <laughs> so, like, here's the thing, right? Like, I see that question. I'm like, that's no way, bullshit. There's no fucking curse. There's no hoodoo. There's nothing. 
Yeah. Okay. However, today in my living room, I changed positions about a dozen times depending on how like how I felt like it was affecting our our play. Like I was sitting on the ground, I was sitting cross-legged. We we missed a chance. I stood up. We we missed a chance. I sat down again. We were looking good while I was eating chips, so I just continued to eat chips like So, on one hand, I don't believe that there's actually any hoodoo. On the other hand, I completely believe that um, it could get in the players' heads. And the and I think that more really realistically and actually what's probably happening is teams are used to upping their game when they come to Wembley. They're used to getting G'd yeah. up because it's the national stadium. And I think they're, we're going to see it a lot. Um but I think there's a team like Chelsea can survive off of that adrenaline and a couple of wonder passages of play. Other teams aren't going to be able to do that. Um, on Friday, in, in his press conference, Pochettino said that he he dismissed the whole you know notion of the of Wembley. Wembley curse. Um, by the way, I, I really hope the next week we do win, and the week after that, or our next home game, because I'm sick and tired of of, of having to um, talk about this. But um, the Wembley, the so-called Wembley curse, Pochettino dismissed it, and he said, "Look, you know, the, the fact that we 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 didn't do that well last season there isn't anything to do with Wembley. It's to do with us. It's it's our problem. It, it's to do with 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 our you know inability, not rather than a so-called curse." Is he? Is he right in in saying that? In, in um, yeah, I, playing I, it down. I think so. I think so. I mean, I know it was just a friendly, but we beat Juventus, didn't we? Mm. And they and they, I think, seven years on the trot, they've won the the Italian Serie A. So, you know, and and, and they didn't just come along. They didn't just come over for a, for a walk around. You know, they wanted to win as well. Okay, there were no tackles flying in like there are in a regular competitive match, but I mean, if if nothing else, that winning that game must have would have helped at all anyway. Would have helped a bit, I reckon. So, in terms of dimensions, um, I understand that Wembley's same size as Hull City's ground that we what we comfortably won on the last day of the season. Um, I don't think it's too dissimilar from St James's Park Park that we won at last week. So, the the, the notion that we struggle on bigger pitches, I think, is, is bollocks. Um, the the fact that the that it's not White Hart Lane and it, you don't have that intimate atmosphere, you know, um, fans close to the pitch that that might hold um, hold some truth. But at the end of the day, the players, you know, that that I think is, is maybe out. That that's something that that affects us as fans in terms of our viewing experience and in terms of us generating an atmosphere but the fans are, the, the players are professional they, they just get on get on and perform irrespective I think right, I think too, I, I, too I much heard, is made I of heard that. rumors I heard rumors that um, that we asked if we could reduce it to the White Hart Lane size and I personally I find that quite hard to believe because I would think that we're doing the right thing now we're playing on the bigger pitch and that's preparing us for the next season or, or yeah. our first season in the new stadium there's nothing to be gained by making it short, you know, smaller. Do you know what? It's all nonsense. It's, it, 
cast your mind back to a few, few years ago when AVB was manager and we were talking about how um, uh, White Hart Lane was too small, the dimensions were too, too small and we couldn't play our way of football and teams part of the bus and, and, and that was, yeah. that suddenly was an issue when a few seasons before we, we, we played with wingers and, and on a small pitch and we terrorised teams when we had Bale and, and, and Lennon and then suddenly it, it, it became a uh, problem and then last season it wasn't a problem so it, it, it's it's nonsense for us I'm concerned um, Pochettino said it as well yeah. at the beginning of his tenure he said the same thing yeah the one thing that I heard that, that was interesting and I think it's probably been repeated a, a, a million times is that the length of the grass and the um what the wet the moisture the wetness of, of, of the of the grass wasn't last year wasn't to the White Hart Lane specs um, it was always different, so the ball was a little bit heavier. Um, and but this year, our grounds crew was able to to take care of take care of it the way we want it to be taken care of. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of time. Okay, so um, we made a new signing um, towards the end of last week. Um, Sanchez, um, the lad at Ajax, um, record signing. Um, we posted a question on 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 our on on the Tottenham Family Podcast Twitter page and the Facebook page, um, asking: Having signed Sanchez, do we think he's coming to sit on the bench as a replacement for Vimmer, or do we think, or do you think um, he's uh, we're on the verge of losing anyone else? We had a f- few responses on Twitter and on our Facebook page um, uh, around John Steggles again. Um, He's really keen to get on the pod. Um, <laughs> will Will Foyf still come in as well? Who else in that four that Poch wants? Um, at Briggsy Coys one, he'll start in the three at the back, I'd presume. At Sam Moore eighty two, um, or will he play three or five at the back as we did at times last season with the fullbacks pushing on? At Eddie underscore Brad or replace Toby in case contract talks break down. Possibility. Um, that's been muted. Um, at Damien Cole, if we sign Aware, Diop, Foyth and Barkley, this would be the strongest squad we've ever had. Goes on to say, we need four quality centre-backs to compete for, for trophies, um, for, for four trophies, so Toby, Jan, Sanchez, Foyth, Vimmer will go. So Vimmer's been linked with West Bromwich Albion. I suspect he will. He was on the bench today, but I suspect he will be serviced through requirements. Um, Carter Vickers loaned out. Not sure. Maybe. I know that Pochettino lo- likes him. Um, but anyway, he emphasises st- strength and depth. Um, what other comments do we have? Luke Smith, I reckon he's there because Toby is going another one still hasn't agreed a deal and Spurs would probably get 70 to 80 million if they do sell him so on Toby Pochettino said well look he's got about two or three I think yeah still left on his contract so there's plenty of time um, and we signed him what 2015 um, two years into a five year contract so that, that, I wouldn't panic too much about t- Toby and whether this is correct or not everything behind the scenes seems to indicate that he's keen to stay um, he's just probably trying to negotiate the best deal possible. Why not? Um, Tyrrell Campbell Riley. No, I think he's signed to play in a back three and everyone else is panicking. Um, what are your thoughts, gents? Well, I, I, as Poch said, nobody signs to play for Tottenham. They sign to train. I just thought I'd rattle that one out because I love that quote. But it's, it's true in this situation. Um I think the plan is to strengthen a back three 
Um, I I also think that Wimber will go because he needs to get regular first team football before the World Cup, uh, and I don't blame him for that. I just hope it doesn't affect Sun too much. I don't know if you don't know if you saw today when Sun was warming up, he was resting his arm and leaning on on yeah, uh, I did. I did on Wimmer <laughs> whilst he was warming up. You know that that shows what good buddies they are. Um, I mean, we've got CCV, um, and we've got Dyer, who can deputise if necessary. So, um, I think Wimmer can go. I think I think Sanchez will generally be playing at the back three. Yeah, I mean, I think Jan is is thirty years old. Uh, Toby's only 28, but Jan doesn't have too many years left. And I think Poch is just strengthening his back and, and making sure that we can compete in uh, in the Champions League and in the in the Premier League with solid defensive backs. I, I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not worried about losing Oliver Eld, at least not this season. No. Uh, yeah. And... Um, what were the other questions? I think Vimmer. Oh, right. If Vimmer, um, you know, I could see him going. I could also see him not, to be honest. I, at this point, it doesn't feel like we're looking to unload anybody. Yeah, I, um, I agree there. I agree there. I don't think Potch is trying to get rid of him anymore. and uh, Not anymore at, at all. But I think if he wants to go, he's not going to stand in his way. I think I think that's pop, that you you might be right. Yeah. Okay. Um right. Spurs ladies, oh, the, sorry. The, the losing anyone else. We didn't we didn't talk we talked about Vimmer, but what about Danny Rose? Still a chance of him going. Um uh, I was listening to I think it was the um what was it? Oh god, what's the what's the, the the fighting cock. And um, I listened to the fighting cock and I listened to um, Rule the Roost. And the trunk was saying that, you know, as far as he's concerned, Rose has gone anyway. Because he reckons his head's been turned and he, he reckons that he'll, that he's, he's seen, he's seen what money um, that other guy that left gets. And um, that, that he'll go. So, we could lose him, but I don't. I think we're safe on everybody else. But we could lose Danny Rose. I'm not. Again, I'm not looking forward to. I'm not looking to kick him out the door. But I'm actually not panicking too much if he does go now. I can't see we a. Had him for so long. I can't see a player. I can't see a club coming in for an injured player. Yeah. Um. So I don't think we'll, we'll we'll lose him in this window. Um. I actually. How will that affect us and uh, Barkley then? He's an injured player as well. Um. I've got doubts whether that that deal is going to happen personally now, yeah. given that the, the latest was that, that he might be out till, till October. Um, I, I can't see that happening till January now, possibly. Um, Rose, I I think reports of his demise on other podcasts are greatly exaggerated. I, I think that I, I I think I think he's still got a future at Spurs, and I think Pochettino will, will give him. A chance. It's how he responds and how, um, you know, whether whether he's contrite and 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 whether 
um, he's learnt his lesson. Um, I think his his attitude will speak volumes. I think the bigger problem might be if we do play him, what the fans' reaction will will, will be like when he yeah. when he get, gets back on the pitch. But we shall see. Um, no Spurs ladies update. Um, they're not playing. I mean, their fixtures start in September. Um, before we finish off with a few more questions, Aaron, um, you're also host of the first time long time podcast um season two started yeah um the long-awaited season two. the long way season two so um i had a pleasure of downloading um uh the first episode of season two um and i've got to say all of all of the episodes so far have been really interesting but this one was really 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 interesting um uh give us a brief synopsis of of that episode um sure so uh episode one of season two um is uh a the story of afc wimbledon i have uh i had the great pleasure of sitting down and talking to jane lonsdale who's um one of the co-chairs of the don's uh fan trust um i through you know via uh our incredible tottenham hotspur fan trust i was connected to 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 jane and she just told the story of the death of uh wimbledon fc and the birth of afc wimbledon and the kind of incredible story of how how that happened um a lot of people know the story a lot of people know about you know mk dons and the franchise club and um you know the the, the team that rose from the ashes. But a, what a lot of people may not know is how fast it happened, how in, how unbelievably, um, how much a leap of faith it was for everybody involved to make this team um, come about. And ultimately, it's the story of, as Jane put it, how a small group of people pushing in the same direction can do anything. And it's, you know... Uh, they're in the same. They're in League One right now, um, alongside MK Dons. Um, it's a great story. It's a, a, a fantastic story. Even if you're familiar with with the story of um, how AFC Wimbledon came about, it's worth a listen just to hear someone who was there from the very, very beginning tell it. What What was what I found particularly interesting was um, I was aware of the story and and I, I remember it at the, the at the the, the, the time that the was then a potential move to to Milton Keynes, which which then um, and was material actually materialised and, and it's now reality in history. Um, what I didn't know was um, I don't want to give, give too much away was but but the links with um, David Dean and Arsenal, which yeah. which was would listeners of this pod would would find particularly interesting, um, given uh, our rivalry with them. Um, just for the benefit of listeners who um, haven't listened to your podcast, um, how can they um, download it? What, 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 where, where is it available? Yeah, so you can find it um, on iTunes. You can find it on all of your, you know, pod catching software. It's first time, long time, and I was really dumb when I set up the podcast. So there's a bunch of other podcasts with the same name, but look for the one that says hosted by Aaron Wolf. Um, and it's uh, also on um, Stitcher, and you can find it on SoundCloud by searching First Time Long Time. And if you can't find it any of those ways, you can go to firsttimelongtime.am, um, 
as in AM, FM radio. First time, long time, dot AM, and you can find links to every episode. You can find videos. You can find uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Excellent. And you can find us on, on Twitter. Can I just say, because I, I listen to it as well, and um, obviously people who are interested in sports, they will like this, this podcast. But tell your friends who don't like sports as well. <laughs> Because seriously, it, it is in, an incredible podcast. I mean, I, I, I can't compliment it enough. Not just because he's a mate, and not just because he's a Tottenham supporter. It's really professionally done. He's very slick. You've got this dulcet, seductive <laughs> voice that you hear now. But, I mean, last season, he had me listening, really interested, in two, two podcasts about a baseball player. I have absolutely no interest in baseball. And I was addicted to it. I, 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 was, I was just waiting for the next second episode, the second part of that story to come. You really must give it a go. You'll, Thanks, you'll man. thank me. Thank you. I have, I have episodes coming up about a guy who's riding his bicycle around the world. I've got episodes about um, the single greatest game sport that was invented in a summer camp in the Catskills of New York that... Um, is one of the most dangerous and one of the most amazing sports ever played. There's a game, uh, there's an episode about a um, one of the most unbelievable stories about a um, broadcaster, a sports broadcaster who who died in a in a plane crash. This is there's some really good stuff coming up. So definitely find us online and uh, give us a listen. It's as, as Greg says. Great production values, but also it, for me, it's storytelling at its at its finest, and it's it's just very compulsive listening. Um, right, let's fin guys. finish off with a few quick few questions. Um, Kent Goodrich, Sissoko, what's the point of him? Any creative <laughs> ideas for disposing of Sissoko? Um, what value? What, okay, so what what value does he add to Spurs? None at the uh, moment. Well, he's really. he's he's the punching bag. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's the focal point of all of our frustrations. Yeah, I thought he was all right uh, against Newcastle, and he certainly was yeah. good against against Juve in the friendly. But good against Juve, he was as you say okay against Newcastle. But I would like, <sighs> yeah, twelve months ago, um, we were linked with Mane, but we didn't. We weren't able to get him. I would have liked to play a like Mane, somebody like I said earlier, somebody who can provide that penetration, provide that strength and pace that can break I mean, you, break you, the lines. You'd rather have Lamella on the pitch than Sissoka, wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have Bruce Forsyth on the pitch, and he's dead, than 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 um, than than Sissoko. Um, Tom, you know, creative ideas for disposing of him. Um, Again, because I'm old, I remember when you used to get, used to be able to get free glasses when you bought petrol, and um, World Cup coins and things like that. Maybe we could sort out something like that, just a free gift to go along with him. Um, Tom Newfield, uh, I'm tipping him to, to score thirty this season. But... <laughs> um, In one game. Uh, for for, for Fenerbahce. Perhaps or some <laughs> some other team. Um, Tom Newfield, why can't Kane score in August? One of life's many mysteries. 
He's going to get hat trick next week. week. I, I think that the, the, the difference with Kane this season compared to previous seasons is look at the last two seasons. Last year it was on the back of back of playing the Euros. They didn't really have much of a rest. Season before, long season, and then he played for the England, yeah. England under twenty once. This is the first summer where he's had a good rest. He actually looks sharp. He doesn't look, you know, he's hit the woodwork a few times. He's not looked sluggish or bore. He's he's looked. He's been at the yeah. races. So, um, well, he'll get a chance next week. It'll be his only chance in August, but um, I think he'll be on the score sheet. Um, Oliver Lease. Final three questions. Oliver Lees, thoughts on, um, I don't know the pronunciation, Uria? This is the lad at PSG. Uria? Uria. Oh, yeah. He has a (laughs) colourful past, homophobia, insulting a cop, but is undoubtedly a good player. I don't think he's right for our squad's chemistry, but maybe Pochettino can whip him into shape. What does the panel think? Um, To quote a, um, a previous guest, fuck off right out of my club. I don't, I don't, I don't want anything to do with this guy. Yeah. To, to be honest, I think, I think, I think the um, last frontier in one of the last frontiers in in kicking out bad behavior in in football is is homophobia, and I, I don't think there's any place for it in the game. And I think there's no place in a team with the kind of history that we have, with the with the kind of uh, righteous background that we have to to try to um, Rehabilitate a homophobe. Fuck him, and I'm not interested. Well, I, I don't, I don't know anything about him really either. All I know is what you've heard. I've not had a chance to Google him. Hmm. Uh, maybe Danny Rose has. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that if Poch wants him and reckons he can make something of him, that I trust Poch's judgment. But I, I, I agree mainly with uh, what Aaron's just said. Um, and as I said earlier, if, if Rose does go, it's another left back we need, not another right back. Yeah. And Oria's a right back, isn't he? Yep. So I don't see the point of getting him to be quite honest. And and he, and he's not allowed to come into the country until 2018 because he beat up a cop. <laughs> I mean, it's like I don't think there's going to be any issue right now. I, uh, we're also linked with, with with the Argentinian lad. Is it Foyth? Yeah. Um, he's a defender. I don't know if he's a centre back or, or a right back or whether he's versatile. I'd rather we get got him in than than this la- than this guy. Um, yeah, apparently so that's yeah. apparently that move is incredibly close to being completed. Ninety percent, they reckon. Yeah. Okay. Because he actually wants to come to Tottenham in preference to PSG. Interesting. Now, what's, did you see this in, this uh, interview with with Poch? Um, I think it was yesterday, or maybe it was early this morning um, in the UK, where he talked about uh, you know his uh, his his one year playing with with Maradona. Did yep. you guys see that? Yep, yep. I haven't I haven't read it yet. I, I know that it, it exists, but I haven't read it yet. So I will say that you know. Poch does sort of look up to really, really, really nutso guys. So it is possible that he sees something that that um, and is forgiving of something that I, that I may not be forgiving of. But um, I don't think I just, it's so much forgiving. I think it's that he reckons he can do something with him. Yeah. Maybe he reckons he can retrain him or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, I can't. Because Poch isn't very forgiving. No. I'm just surprised because he was linked. We were linked earlier in the window. We were linked with him, but it was suggested that United had beat us 
to a signature and and now the story is resurfaced i i i'm not convinced that there's any truth in that particular rumor yeah. um Talking of stre- paper talk anyway, isn't yeah. It? Talking of strength- strengthening the squad, um, so we've got another what week and a bit, um, just under two weeks before the the, the, the transfer window finishes, uh, closes rather. Ed Brad, what areas do we need to strengthen? He asks. For for him, he says it's the bench and competition for places. So Greg, yeah, you- a- sorry, sorry, Greg. I was going to say, Greg, you're Pochettino. Um, you can purchase um, a few players um, which areas would you strengthen? Oh um, blah, 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 blah. well the, I agree with that the bench definitely needs strengthening um, with, <laughs> I'm not going to say it again somebody's coming back soon hopefully so that'll strengthen the bench I think a striker a striker maybe because um, you know Janssen, I'm, I'm still I'm still perfectly willing to give Janssen a a, a a go. I'm not throwing him out with the bathwater or anything. Um, but it wouldn't do any harm to have three available. Um, City seem to keep three strikers happy, although of course they've got loads of money, and most most players, even though they might rather play, they'll they'll, they'll be reasonably happy if they're getting loads of loads of money. Um, I think I think mainly an, another striker. Yeah, for me, it's definitely um, definitely cover for 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 left back. Um, I don't, we don't know how long Rose is going to be out. We don't know what kind of reception he's going to get when he comes back. We don't know whether or not he's going to go on strike as soon as he's healthy. Um, I agree with you, Jab, that I don't think it's as it's the end of him. But I, I think we should. We probably need some cover for left back. Mm-hmm. And then I have said it for a very long time. Um, I think we need um, uh, cover for Lamella. I think he's the kind of player that, uh, not the player that we thought he was, but the player that, that he actually is. I don't think we have that kind of uh, dogged, you know, attack yeah. dog who's got a little bit of the flair for the creative. I mean, we really need that. We need that kind of player coming off the bench. Um, Sun is great off the bench, and even last year starting a bit, but we we need some somebody like that. Um, right now, it doesn't inspire a ton of confidence to have Sissoko come off the bench um, and uh, 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 injured and sort of off the pace Sunny. So Pochettino said that we're going to sign four players before the close of the transfer um, window. So we signed one, Sanchez. Um, I believe that, I presume, Gaza Niga, the goalkeeper, um, who, he had at South, yeah. who he had at Southampton, is going to be another one, given that we need a third go- goalkeeper. Um, so two others. Um, well, Gra- Graham Roberts is talking about... Um a championship player so I suppose that would be Sessegnon or however you say his name Sessegnon now I can't say it um, he would be a good addition particularly if if um, there is uncertainty over Rose um, I, I still maintain what I said earlier I would I would like a, Mar- a Barney type player um, mm-hmm. I'd like us to get rid of Sissoko and, and I'd like somebody that has that pace and power 
and can break the teams down. Um, another striker. Um, yep. If the Bianthan thing doesn't work out, I would like another striker. But then the, the trouble is, do you go for um, a top quality striker? Um, if you do that, then if it's going to be that striker or Kane, it's going to be it's either going to be one one or the other, and then it will limit yeah. Yeah, limit Janssen's chances further still. Um, which is fine if you just accept if you're going to write Janssen off altogether. Um, but I sense that Pochettino is willing to give him give him another season. Um, and and let's not forget that Sun deputized really well for 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 Kane last season. Uh. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, yeah. Um, and he can also, arguably, Son, although he, he doesn't have the power or strength of Mane, he's certainly got the pace. Um, he he's he gives that gives us that something different um, in the final third. Um, you know, and I'm thinking of when he doesn't play instead of Kane, but when he plays, they off him. Um... Okay, final question, and it's a reoccurring one on the pod. Um, another one from our very own John Staggles. You're on a desert island. Who from the current squad do you vote as leader? And if it all goes Lord of the Flies, who do you eat first? Uh, my leader would be Loris, because I feel like um, he would have some sort of weird knowledge about like you know what grubs you can eat and what plants you can brew into some sort of hallucinogenic tea i just have this feeling that he's you know once he finishes the game he picks up his uh his leather bound um volumes of poetry and philosophy and 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 thinks about about what he would do on a desert island and and obviously i think everybody knows that vimmer would be the most delicious sort of nice, good, chubby, uh, soft on the teeth. Well, for me, um, as leader, I'd say Harry would be a contender, but I'd probably choose Toby. <laughs> I think he's, he's steady as a rock, but he's not afraid to take the occasional calculated risk as well. Um, I think he'd be quite a good leader. As to eat first, well, actually... <laughs> I would eat Loris. Um, I wouldn't. I, mean, I don't want to eat any of them. Um, Victor and, and Victor Wanyama and Die would be too tough. You'd have trouble catching Dembele as he keeps dancing and dodging away from you. Ericsson has recently found an extra yard of pace, so he'd be difficult to catch too. So yeah, I'd probably eat Hugo, as he, he doesn't need to be as athletic as the other outfielders, and he probably eats high-quality food. <laughs> and perhaps he's mar marinated from the inside and will give his flesh a nice zest. I hadn't with even a nice thought Chianti of... With a nice Chianti, of course. I hadn't even thought about catching him, but to me, I feel like Vimmer, you would just be like, Kevin, we have to eat you. And you go, okay, <laughs> okay, sorry, okay, sounds good. If you're going to look to ways and means of disposing of Sissoko, surely the perfect thing to do would be just to eat him. Just burn him, burn him, burn him alive, and, and that's that. Um, take take one for the team. Um, pr that, yeah, he could prove his value that way. Um, right, thank you, gents. Thank you, Greg. Oh, you're welcome, mate. Enjoyed it. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Um, the next podcast we shall be recording next Sunday, Sunday evening. My guest will be um, somebody called John Steggles and Connor Manetto. Until then, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Yeah! 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 Yeah!